You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. On Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We apologise for our hiatus last week. It's just one of those instances where neither of Ricket or myself could be with you or could be with each other at the same time, and we thought that a solo show wasn't the best in terms of doing a sort of WrestleMania week preview show. But we're back together this week, and it's been a heck of a week so far, uh, and I'm glad to have my co-host, my partner, with us tonight. How are you, sir? Good to be back. It's good to be back. I'm looking forward to discussing tonight. Although, um, there'll be another short break for one of us for the next few weeks. Yes, it's, it's that time of the year again. Well, I take my four-week hiatus... Ramadan starts tomorrow. Well, yeah. day one would have been in the books by the time people listen to this. Uh huh. So, correct me if I'm wrong, because this happens at different times of the year, does it not? Because I remember it was we had it was during the World Cup year, maybe twenty twelve, fourteen, and mm-hmm. you were doing Ramadan, but it was during the World Cup, and we were playing seven asides after work. And it was really like bad heat wave stuff for Scotland people anyway. It was brutal heat waves. How did you cope during that time? I'm putting you on the spot. Just, here. You just <clears throat> put some water in your mouth and gargle and spit it right back out. And then just kind of on with it. The actual game is fine uh, to an extent. It's just kind of after it where you're just kind of desperate for a drink but you can't really have a drink until like 10 o'clock at night um, obviously that would have been what during like June July time as well mm-hmm. so it is going to be from 4am till about half past 8 at night I know tomorrow's it's sunset it's 25 past 8 and then every day after that it's like 2 minutes later so the latest we'll be eating is about just after nine. So is it actually better to have Ramadan earlier on in the year because there is more, there's less daylight? But it just gets brought, it comes forward by a few weeks mm-hmm. every single year. Just I suppose that's got something to do with the whole, um, like, sun and moon and whatnot. Um, so there's not like a specifically set period of time, like a set time, it's just always 30 days, mm-hmm. although Saudi Arabia announced on Monday that it was actually, that it begins today, Tuesday, but for some reason some different mosques all decided to do it on their own terms, and Glasgow have decided it's going to start on the Wednesday, 
which is kind of stupid in my opinion. Just, you know, whatever Saudi Arabia say, everyone should kind of just follow suit. But no, no, people like to get their own, their own little two cents in and decide to do things differently. But yeah, for us, it kicks off tomorrow. Sounds like those uh, mosques are going into business for themselves. <laughs> it really does. It really does. I know. Some politics um, at play. That's it. But no, because um, obviously the reason why I can't do it then is because um, we record at half eight. Yep. By the time you're out to the fast opens, by the time you do what you need to do, pray, and then actually sit down and get dinner, it's not going to be till at least half nine quarter to ten before I would come on to do the podcast and that means we'd be up to like twelve o'clock and like mm. nah, we're fine, we'll pass on that. Yep. So although that's not an open invitation to have some guests on in Ricky's uh, holy absence, but uh, I, I might reach out to some certain individuals, see if we can get some content in the go. Uh, I'll tell you right off the bat, just so you're not waiting for the the quiz at the end. Neither of us have prepped for a quiz. I had some other prep in mind for tonight. Uh, so I'll make sure next week will specifically be a quiz episode uh, and we'll be in touch with you, or I'll be in touch with you in due course with regards to that. Now, with the, with the intros over and done with, it's been a very, very busy week with regards to all things WWE and professional wrestling in general. And I just wanted to shine a spotlight on something before we get into the nitty-gritty of it all, because obviously, Saturday and Sunday, we had WrestleMania, we had some memorable moments, we had some milestones, company milestones, uh, we had some main event classics, and basically, it was a busy couple of nights on Saturday and Sunday at the Raymond James Stadium, but in what I'm about to say, it seems like it was forever ago. But I really want to shine a bit of light, spotlight on Volta. Because this match happened the first night of the whole WrestleMania week stuff. Volta versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT UK title. And I was doing a bit of a sort of tongue-in-cheek review thread thing on Twitter about it as I was watching it on Wednesday, Thursday morning. But my, I don't know if you've caught up with it yet, Ricky, but that was... Another instalment of the Volter show, and I think a serious discussion has to be had about Volter being in the top five best wrestlers at the, in the world at the moment. The the guy is just, he's, the only way I can describe him is your. This is quite topical as well. You've got your King Kongs and Godzillas. They're in the they're in theaters or they're on new cinematic releases at the moment. It's like one of those sort of mythical monsters that ends up in a an urban environment and just lays waste to the city around him. And that's what Volta's like. He just waltzes about that ring, chopping folk, suplexing folk, busting crabbing, powerbombing. He is a wrecking machine, and it's not even a case of him being hard to watch. It's just exhausting to watch. And I think now that I've found that niche of wrestling that I like where it's just an ugly fight it's not fancy or flippy or technically gifted it's just a brawl with wrestling sensibilities in mind Falter's got to be up there and I, I just I know that we're, there's going to be some very special matches that we're talking about from Wrestlemania this weekend but I wanted to give Volter his flowers 
I think when you look back on it, it, we made such a massive mistake not putting him in mm-hmm. that um, bracketology we had. I was thinking just, about it, that. I completely forgot until Josh brought his name up, and I was like, "Shit!" Um, no, see the thing I like about Walter more than anything is that he's it almost comes across like he's a special attraction because of where he plies his trade predominantly NXT UK and it's not obviously not get the platform but you know it's not what NXT is or Ross McDonald AEW or anything like that so when he appears on NXT I think it gives everyone like a bit more excitement to watch the show and the product or like right well we're going to definitely make sure we're going to watch it now because like I say is whether he ever goes to um, USA full time or not, don't think he ever will. Cause he doesn't seem to have that appetite for it. But I like that he gets showcased on NXT um, from time to time as well, and I just think it it just adds to that aura. Um, I think even though that was like was it like the second or third match on night one, mm-hmm. it was match of the week. Um, Wow, that's a big big statement there because there was a, a few contenders. There was. I still think it was a match of the week, but I think, and we'll touch on it when we get to it, but I think Sasha and Bianca is going to be remembered for longer. You know, I think it wasn't my personal favourite. I would, you know, um, personally, the match I just mentioned there between the two women was my favourite of the weekend. Um, but I think those two, for me, I didn't, can't say stood out because there's a lot of great matches, but I think that's 1A and 1B, however, whatever way you want to put it. Um, you know, actually, do you know what? I think Sasha and Bianca, I think when you factor it all in, and I think that's the difference between it because of where Sasha and Bianca were, mm-hmm. the, the main event in WrestleMania night one, who they are and what they represent, I think that means that little bit, means that, bit, that much more. Um, I felt definitely Volter and um, Champa was definitely the best match of both nights on NXT. Oh yes, yes. Um, it, you know, uh, Volter's just everything about him is impressive. Like I say, there's just such an aura about him, um, and I do agree with you. It's not sometimes it's not pretty, especially when goes stuff when goes to the top rope and stuff. It never looks pretty. It never looks natural, but I like that. Uh-huh, yes. Because um, it almost shouldn't be natural, if you know what I mean. Like, some of the stuff that people do, um, because some of it's so crazy, and I like to see someone looking kind of unsteady up there, because, you know, you're about to jump off from a significant kind of height uh-huh. onto an extremely hard, solid surface, so, no. Um, he's... He truly is one of the best wrestlers yeah. in the world. Um, he's always going on about the ring is sacred, and I think he saves his turnbuckle spots for when he is struggling. Yep. Because in sort of prep for tonight, I watched a few more matches, um, and I watched the... Although I'm not a fan of watching it because of all the speaking out stuff last year, I watched the NXT UK match, Volter versus Rampage Brown, and he went up to the top rope again because Rampage Brown, I know of his work in ICW, he is a he is a beast of himself himself. Not that kind of beast when we're talking about UK wrestling, but just <laughs> the a monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it was a very good match and the 
it was one of those ones where he did a scoop slick. He came up and vaulted up the ropes to get Volta. Did a scoop slam off the top rope. He is a very much a, the ring is sacred, and I'll, and the whole thing about him going up to the turnbuckle is when he's starting to get scared. And I know what you're saying about Bianca and Sasha. Like, I, I've got a lot to say about that as well. It's just. I think with the last couple of nights, there's been some memorable moments with regards to both sports entertainment and wrestling, because I think both nights had them both, and I think it was a pretty successful WrestleMania, there wasn't much to complain about personally, but I just wanted to shine a wee bit of a spotlight on the, the takeovers, because they were, as at time of recording, and at time of listening for listeners, it's going to be a week since takeover started. And that was a damn fine couple of nights of wrestling. Um, it, it was, it was really good um, stuff. Sorry, to cut you off. Like I know we'll keep it. We'll quickly, briefly touch on takeover. Um, I felt night one was maybe not by far, but I think certainly better than night two. I agree. Um, night one obviously had like we said, Wall and Champ, but the triple threat tag match. No real surprise MSK win because obviously they come in into the the Dusty and win it. Beat the Vets. Beat the Vets again in a triple threat match you're involved in. I would like to see that just feud. The, just the two of them? Yep. Yep, definitely. I think they will go down that route. Um, you know, again, it's just NXT tag, tag team match. Like, you know, they're never a disappointment. <laughs> um, the other, the other match as well on night one that that I enjoyed. I did enjoy the women's um, uh, match. You should I Raquel Gonzalez. I think I'm not entirely sure how I feel about Raquel Gonzalez. If I'm honest. Oh, I'm, I'm a big fan. I know you are. You know that yourself. Um, yep. I absolutely love you. Um, mm-hmm. I, I suppose, in a sense, that I don't have too much of an issue with the fact that it took the title off you, but at the same time, you know, I would like to keep it on her, but then it comes down to, you know, challengers and credible challengers, etc. Um, fresh matchups. Mm-hmm. I, I was it... surprised. Sorry, last last point was. Um, yeah. I was surprised uh, of the winner of the Gauntlet match. So was I. He's been quite quiet recently. Has Bronson Reed? I thought it was going to be um, what's his name? De- Dexter. The Dexter bold, Lewis. The bold Dexter Lewis. Mm-hmm. And also Pete Dunning and um, Kushida was a good match as well. <sighs> it pains me to say it. But this was just a generic match for me. Right. Uh, I've really struggled to get on board with Kushida. There's been flares of his excellence, but I've not seen enough of it. And I don't know if that's Kushida's fault or Triple H's fault, but it's not there yet. And it was a shame to see Pete Dunne in a match that I didn't care about because I, I usually care about every match he's in. So, But it's, it's happened. Pete Dunne, Pete Dunne got the win, yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Right, that's good. That's fine then. Uh, 
you know I'm a big fan of Raquel Gonzalez. I think I think maybe even in the, the ladder match that they had at the when they did the takeover over a couple of nights at WrestleMania last year and Gonzalez showed some promise and she had the big blowout match with Rhea Ripley. Then, the, mm-hmm. then specifically it was a War Games match. I don't know if it was one of those ones that was pretty easily telegraphed, but I told myself, right, Rhea Ripley had a super-duper performance in the War Games match. She's taken the title off of Io Shirai, so it's probably one of those personal biases that I think, right, I've kind of predicted this, so I'm happy that it happened. But I don't think... I struggle to think of where Raquel Gonzalez has put a foot wrong. She's a powerhouse, um, and I think Io Shirai's very aerial offence helped highlight that, because Io Shirai did all the moonsaults and stuff, but Raquel just caught, caught her, no problem. And there was, there was a specific point in the match where Io Shirai jumped off the skull, Titantron thing. Mm-hmm. And usually that's fine, it happens, you, you kind of get saturated to it, but it was the, the smash off the the grating underneath that sounded really sore, and I thought that was a really, really good spot, purely because of the sound that was added to it. And I just think Eoshirai's aerial offence worked so well with Raquel Gonzalez's um, powerhouse mentality, able to catch Eoshirai with ease, and it was a perfect pairing, and I was glad to see that those two worked well, because I thought I really want to see Gonzalez as a champ. I wasn't sure how the match would go, but personally, that was one of the highlights of the week, that match. Well, it's that classic big and little, isn't it? Like how Brock Lesnar's predominantly a lot of his better matches have been like, saying yes. with smaller people. I think... I don't want to say something like, because it's almost derogatory, that EO um, had to take it down a notch or, or or you know had to like slow down and and allow Raquel to try and get on that level with Raquel because okay. we just know Raquel Gonzalez can't keep up with you should I they'll just know you know there's a gulf and class and ability between them um I say I thought it was fine um it's not a match that I'm going to remember much <laughs> of in the future if you know it's not a match I'm going to go back and watch I think there was probably Bottom champion that triple threat match or two matches from that show that I'd be like I'm definitely I would definitely go back and watch it. Um, my only issue was the finish with Bottom Champer. I know those chops are insane, but they're incorporated into his normal offense within it. I, you know that was the only thing I had a slight issue with. Um, kind of, yep. Yeah, I I do accept that uh, complaint that people may have. And that you've got, uh, I've not really got much of a defence for it. It's just that I wasn't bothered when it happened. Mm-hmm. It's like, how many chops can you take off this guy? No, it's true. And and while we're on night before, quickly moving on to night two, I want to give a shout out to Josh. Josh carried that Facebook Yep, it was. I went in on a. <laughs> Thursday morning, and I just saw the Facebook. It was just Josh, Josh, Josh. So shout out to Josh. Because I'm, I'm, I was like, I was, I was, as it was kind of, um, as I saw it, like the first few comments from Josh, and then I think I don't know if it was like eight or nine or ten comments into it, and he was like, I just don't care. I'll do this more if no one else wants to join me here. 
<laughs> so no, uh, night one was excellent. Um, night two, we obviously had um, Cole and O'Reilly, um, Finn Balor and Karrion Cross. No, no, no. You, you say what you're going to say first. I didn't have an. Look, Karrion Cross winning the title doesn't bother me because I felt like it was almost it was going to happen. You know, he he won the title from Keith Lee and then dropped it like you know straight away because of an injury. So it didn't. You know, I'm just. I'm not that. I don't want to say I'm not a fan of anything from Karrion Cross. I'm just. I'm also like oh, okay. Overly um, Yes, uh, Cole and O'Reilly. Um, thought it was great. Thought it was really, really good. I par. Probably just slightly below, I would say. Um, uh, Champa and Walter. Really. Um, Maybe the second best match of TakeOver alongside the tag match, I think. I think those two were kind of right next to one another as well. Um, I hate I'm going to say this. I enjoyed the Cruiserweight match. <laughs> with uh, uh, Jordan Devlin and we, Mr Escobar as well. Yeah. Um, how, how many times have you seen a moonsault off the top of a ladder? None, maybe? <sighs> Just, I, Jordan the wrestling about. I'm talking about Jordan Devlin here right now. Just isn't in question. He, you know, he's he is. He said it himself. Leading into that Tyler Bate match last year, nobody has improved better in the last three years than I have, and I believed him fully at that point. It's just his his shrewd character has come into massive disrepute, and uh, I, I struggled uh, to enjoy it because of that. To be honest with you. It is a struggle, it is, and, and, and to think back, I remember that OTT uh, promo of him and uh, <laughs> uh, Thingy, um, David Starr. Div Starr. I, just, just, I remember watching that promo and be like, oh my god, and now fast forward like 12 or 18 months, you're like, you're saying oh my god for different reasons when it comes to those two. Um, <laughs> but no, night two is fine, I wasn't a fan of the women's tag match. Um... Shotzi's racking up too many botches for my liking she needs to mm, calm it down a bit I think Shotzi's a great character but the amount of times she's doing the daredevil stuff and it doesn't work it's like you're exposing yourself a wee bit Shotzi could have just given us like 15 minutes of Ember versus Candice and then just ran her finish (laughs) and evolve another two if you wanted Um, I would be on board for that um Bronson Reed and Gargano was fine. It was fine. Like it was fine. Like I don't, you know, not going to sit and rave or or, or you know, um, say anything negative about it. It was just fine, you know. But um, yeah, that like says night one. Looking back on it, I think night one probably was significantly better. Actually, mm-hmm. um, there was like three bona fide, like absolute great matches on night one. Uh huh. I think. Uh, I mean, the the Gauntlet match was fine in night one, but I think after that it was just constant, and I thought it was fantastic. Night one, um, mm. night two. You've said a lot of things I agree with. 
With regards to the Carrying Cross Finn Balor match, I said a few weeks ago when it was Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne, mm-hmm. uh, Balor wrestles a, a visceral style that I'm personally not on board with, but then he, there was a match, I can't remember right off the top of my head, but there was a match with Adam Cole and Finn Balor pulled him up for a suplex and walked back the way to make sure he was suplexed onto the steel grating and that just changed my entire opinion on Finn Balor and watching this match um, the the regular shots to the ribs it probably was the liver actually with the whole liver carry on Mm -hmm. Uh, and Finn Balor just playing the card of I'm here for the cold calculated wrestling you're here for the emotion uh, the liver spot the when Karen Cross was wrapped up in the ropes and Finn Balor was just whipping him with roundhouses to the ribs I was really really enjoying that match to the point where I was enjoying it more than I was Champa and Volta but I'm sorry mm-hmm. considering Karen Cross has got many submissions in his arsenal uh, many suplexes in his arsenal that club to the back of the head that is weak to me I, I, I can't I can't abide it to be honest with you it's like considering all the other stuff he's done the club and it's a weak forearm it's not like a it's not a, a dread to bring him up but Will Ospreay's see that sort of brutal yeah. back tricep oh. Osprey's awesome though. Osprey is, is like, uh-huh, but, you know, there's, there's a menace behind a lot of his work. Aye, you see that tricep, that move yep. that he does with the tricep. Mm-hmm. What Karen Cross did to Finn Balor, like, I'm sorry, I just I can't accept that considering all his other moves. And it, it really took the wind out of the sails for that match for me because I was all for saying right, this this has been the best match of the takeovers, takeovers plural for me, and. Uh, just deflated, deflated for me. Uh, I've got no problems with Karrion Cross's charisma, his catchphrases, the the whole package with regards to Scarlet Bordeaux, everything. It's all great, but in the ring, there's just something missing from him. I, I'll be I'll be honest. The match that he had with Escobar a few week, a good few weeks ago was sensational, but. I personally wasn't ready for Finn Balor to lose the title. I'll just leave it at that. I just wasn't ready for it. Um, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. It's what you would expect. And I thought that it was very innovative use of a chain, like a literal chain, uh, with using it as a sort of a booby trap type thing. And it was fine, like... I wasn't thinking, wow, this is fantastic or anything, I just enjoyed it. I've got my issues with Adam Cole's noodly arms these days, but he always puts on a fun match, so it was good fun, and it was nice to see Kyle O'Reilly get a big win, and I I did enjoy it's one of those ones with Kyle O'Reilly's entrance music, I would like to sit with some headphones and just listen to that, away from the visual side of it, I think that was some good good tunage there. We're going to get Kyle O'Reilly and Cole We've got Champa and Gargano. Oh, I don't. Because Gargano won the first match up, didn't he? And then it was um, 
the second one, Champa win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I wouldn't. I'd expect him to run it back, and Cole gets one, and then they go to the decider. <laughs> so I know you're saying you 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 wanted Finn to retain. You obviously get a rematch, whether that's going to be a takeover or just on normal NXT. TV. We'll see. Um, what, what what direction would you like them to take Finn in? Because I have an idea of what I would like to see. Um, it's one of those ones where I said that it all clicked together for me after that backwards walking suplex. Like he's he's done a lot of good work since he came back to NXT. Has Finn Balor, and right now I'm unsure. And I think I know this this move to Tuesday nights that Triple H has been talking about the lead in from Raw, and that's all well and good. But I think there's I I think we're in um, taking the putting the kayfabe cap on taking the kayfabe cap off right now. We're recording on Tuesday night. Uh, so NXT is still to happen this is the first night it's going to be on Tuesday I think we're in for a big night tonight uh, so with regards to Finn Balor I'm not sure, I really don't know but I think there's going to be some surprises in store maybe maybe even although am I right in saying there weren't any NXT call-ups from on Raw? No, I don't think so maybe even we get someone going down the way I don't like to say going down the way. Let's say going across the way. Fair enough. Okay. You know, you know, you know what I'd like to see happen with uh, Finn. What's that? Triple H spoke about NXT UK takeover again and says that obviously if they could, they would have it right now. But they're like, obviously we can't. We need to wait and see what the government over here are saying. Mm-hmm. You remember where the next takeover was supposed to be before the pandemic? Dublin. Do you remember what the match was supposed to be? Oh, do you know? If you're talking about the Austrian anomaly himself, that was yes. the match, that was the match I was looking forward to most from last April. Oh, I was looking forward to that so much. Like, That's so the match I want to see. I want to see Walter versus Finn now. Like very much so. I'd like to go down that route because they've both got a visceral style, and I think Walter Walter's just got that destruction about him but Finn's got that calculatedness about him and I think I really think that would be for this is one of those matches for the, the sort of work rate marks and that's fine because that's allowed now and again I think that would be a fantastic match and I would more than welcome when, when is the Dublin takeover can you remember I do I don't have they rescheduled it no they've Probably they've rescheduled it a few times. So again, I think it's just because it's different over in Ireland right now. Like, didn't they go back into lockdown? Like, I think they're still in lockdown or not? I don't know. Um. All so I, it just depends. All I know it just is, depends what's happening in Ireland. All I know is I can book a haircut now. That's all. <laughs> yep. Need to get Got your pal. Last week. Need to get your pal to give me a haircut now. Well, he done mine. Came out of my house and done it. Scheduled. In the back garden. <laughs> in the back garden. You should have taken. It was pictures. a nice, nice hot sunny day. Two people from different households are allowed to mingle now. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not getting on at you with that. It's just a random place to get your hair cut. <laughs> I know, but it was because 
they didn't want to come into the house or anything, so we just took the back garden, sat down, nice hot day. Mm-hmm. Um, 20th of June 2021, the Three Arena in Dublin, Ireland. See, I think that's what you're saying, so it's just a case I'm still waiting to see what the what what's going to happen. Like, June's just around the corner, like, I can't imagine. But you say that, right? But the Euros are in, like, what, June and July stuff, and there's going to be fans there, but I suppose the difference is that those are outside stadiums, and they're a hell of a lot bigger. But, like, Wembley, I think there's anticipated to have about twenty to 25,000, but that's about about somewhere between 25 and 30% of their actual capacity. Um, well, yeah, probably closer to um, 25, or maybe, sorry, closer to 30, I think, because it's about 75, 80,000 down there, I think. But also, there's going to be fans up here at Hamden as well, but I think not as much, cause not as many as that, obviously, because Hamden's not as big as Wembley. Well, are are um, the Euro, Euros in the UK just this, this year? They're thingy. They're like all over Europe. So because of what's happened. Well, I think that was our that was our bloody that was our idea all along. But the I don't know if it's all the knockouts are going to be in England, but certainly the semi finals and the final are in England. And I think the way it works out, England could always potentially play in every single game down in Wembley or whatever what stadium in England. So two for Scotland, two matches up here in Hamden, and then the, the final one or the third one is against England. Down there. So, yep, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens, but that's definitely the route I would go down. Um, as far as I'm aware, I remember I was on uh, Five Nerds Go, and they've got some Irish representation, and they, they were. I think they're a bit stricter with regards to the lockdown stuff. So, oh, they are, they are, uh, definitely. Um, yeah, Finver, like, I don't care how, I don't care why. If I was Triple H, I would say to Volta, yep, you've you've got yourself a wee return ticket from wherever you're staying in Florida. St- stay until the 13th of April instead of the 6th of April. H- have a wee altercation with Finn, because that, that was on the cards, like... Yep. I'm I'm pretty sure Finn was on NXT UK a couple of weeks. Ah, uh, he was. He was. I would have it like okay. I, from my limited experience of what's going on with NXT UK at the moment, he's t- he's taken out Rampage Brown. He 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 beat um. He Dragonoff. Dragonoff. That's a match I'll need to watch back again. From what I've seen, there's not much left for Walter to take on in terms of recent... Like, just fucking let Finn Balor go over. Let him see his dad. Shout out, by the way, I, this was one of those ones I saw early in the morning. Am I right in saying the the Hardy father passed away during the night? Yeah. Yep, shout out to Jeff and Matt's uh, dad because he was looking after him on his own for quite some time as far as I'm aware, so shout out to... Father Hardy. That's a hard one to take, it always is. No, I know. Finn versus Walter. Um, that leads us to Saturday and Sunday. I know, we spent an awful lot of time talking about the old the old NXT, which I'm glad we did, to be honest with you. Just a quick one before we move on to 
and I'll keep it extremely brief, just a one quick sentence, was that um, Dynamite was good again um, on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I know some of the guys were at a few shows over the weekend or during the week as well, so just the boys, guys. Um, but, yep, Dynamite was good, and, and the, month, the Wednesday night wars are now over. Aye. <laughs> and, uh, but, involved NXT get the higher rating at the end. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I know, but it's just funny that, like, it's one of those ones that'll, that'll be remembered more. Nah, we'll see. But, um, Mania. Yes. I, I enjoyed those little promos people were, were cutting um, before, like, the half hour or so the yep. delay it was. Uh-huh. I enjoyed them. Um, quick, brief breakdown for me, if you don't mind, before we kind of dive into it a little bit please do um, Drew and Bobby Lashley opened I thought it was a good opener I thought, I thought it, was a, it, was a, it was a good match didn't like the finish if I'm honest no nope. um, didn't like Bobby winning but we know that because we like Drew but I just just, didn't, just to finish at the end I wasn't a fan of um, and those and I know we spoke about it in our WhatsApp group with the other guys those camera cuts I, I know they do it a lot but it was just I think it was during that um, Lashley and Drew match, I was like, oh my goodness, this is way too much. And I actually counted it during one of the the hurt lock. I can't remember what hurt lock it was. I don't know if it was the second one, but it was like 14 different cuts. And I'm like, I'm just like, that's too much. It was, just, it was too much. I don't, um, I, I don't know if it's just, I'll just quickly chime in here. I don't want to talk about camera cuts tonight, but. No, no, no. I don't want to talk about it in general. The, the only time that I spotted them being distracting was Big E versus Apollo. Like right. we see literally at the start of the match when they were rattling each other with kendo sticks. That was it. Like that's the only time I can remember thinking, oh, right. that's a bit much, but let's, let's move on. Um. Second match was that women's got the match was just a farce, just an absolute <laughs> farce. Loved it though, um, Loved it. like it was proper car crash stuff, and I wouldn't like just like Lana botching body Natalia and the what's her face um, Tamina. Like Tamina had a great weekend, by the way. She did. She 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 done well, but that moment was kind of like we're standing this day and they're getting to push and talk. Oh, to I know. Like, oh, that, was, that was awful. Oh. Um, and then you moved on, and it, to me that you, you move past that. Um, what came on after that again? Uh, what was on after that? After the... oh, Seth, Seth and Cesaro. Um, geez, that was really good as well. I, I love that UFO move. I love it. Yeah, uh, it was. I really enjoyed that match and. And and I, I remember getting into it watching the hype video and, and I say he's in the other like um messenger group uh, with the social suplex guys just saying like I hope that bloody um the entire match isn't going to result revolve around this swing. And it did a little. Um but it was still such a good match and the fact that it was a Definitive win as well from Cesaro. It was always going to be if Cesaro was going to win, kind of thing. Um, thought it was really good. I thought Seth looked fantastic as well. Seth, just um, a, mar- a marvel of a man. Yeah, I thought he was excellent. Um, you know, and then 
we had AJ Styles and Omos taking on a new day. Uh, Omos is is my new favourite wrestler. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm a touch on something once we get into the right. I'll get in. Uh, I enjoyed that match for what it was as well. Uh, I liked it, and the crazy thing about that match was the new day. But it was like they were working as the heels in a sense. You know, it was crazy because. It was building up as you build up to like the hot tag, and suddenly they're the ones that are cutting off because they don't want this big giant to come in and destroy them. But then when almost comes in, it's just like, oh god! Like you know, it's almost like how the heels finally realise they're about to get their comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Um, Braun and Shane. I mean, really, only two good two moments from that match was that when Braun ripped the steel cage apart and Shane taking that insane bump. Um. Uh, yeah. And then we had Bad Bunny and Damien Priest versus Miz and Morrison. First point of that match was um, I love John Morrison's hair. I don't, actually. <laughs> I do. Uh, I thought it was a good match. I thought it was fine. Um, you know, you don't expect much from him, but I think you got a lot more than you would have expected and anticipated. Oh, oh, oh um, yeah, of course. And then, that's his main event we can discuss in detail. Um, but yeah. I say, I thought night one was good, bar, bar that second match. Um, I didn't really have a complaint about any other match, if I'm honest, bar, you know, that outcomes, maybe. That's one of those ones that we've just, there'll, ne- there'll never be a, a set answer for. But the, just very quickly, what was it? I, I thoroughly enjoyed the Braun Braun's hard cam moment when he was saying for all those that have dealt with bullying uh, when it, it was when Seamus uh, Seamus my god when Shane had fallen off the cage onto the, the mat and uh, mm-hmm. Braun Strowman said this is for all you folk who have been bullied and all that and it was just thank you okay there was a bullying anti-bullying thing going on there but that was a message to the fans that have put up with the Thunderdome and the performance in a closed set stage arena for the year. The thank you to the fans. I really appreciated what Braun did that that moment, and I I liked, loved that. To be honest with you, I think for me personally, it was a, a different viewing experience because I was watching it with my seven year old daughter, and for the, the latter part of it, I was watching it with my wife. So it wasn't a case of me watching it thinking, super analysing the matches and all the work rate and stuff. I had a different mindset watching it. So, with my daughter watching it, we were watching the main event as well. And it was just like one of those ones I'd rather that my daughter knew that it was fake because there's a lot of violent stuff going on. So, I'd rather say, listen, these guys, these guys and girls, they're all best pals backstage. They're all good pals. They just put on a show. It's a TV show with gymnastics. I broke cafe bell at those. <laughs> uh, it had to be done. I think it's only fair. So she was asking a lot of questions and the wife and I were explaining a lot of things about how they're, they're good friends. They're all very experienced gymnasts and parkour people. Went into a lot of detail about the Bianca and Sasha, back, so that Sasha Banks match. So that was one of those matches that I watched after the fact. Um. Late earlier on this evening, actually. Personally, uh, I, I enjoyed Night Two's wrestling more. Apart from Bianca and Sasha, we'll, we'll touch on those later on. 
in terms of going into detail with some of the bigger matches. Wrestling-wise, I really enjoyed Night 2. I thought that was more of a an indie mania night. Uh, I thought the personally, I thought the the Sheamus and Matt Riddle match was fascinating because I don't know if you caught this mood, Ricky, but Sheamus looked as if he didn't want to be there, or he looked as if he despised it. He was working with Matt Riddle. Probably that. And, and Probably he, that. Like, he looked as if he was in a shoot for a lot of the Gosh. night. And that, that uh, bro kick while Matt Riddle was mid-air, was in mid-air, was fantastic. I don't Beautiful. Just like, as I said in the group chat, just like it was reminding me of Cole and Ricochet. Aye. This uh, is awesome. Just, I'm convinced that she- Seamus was not happy with being in the ring with Matt Riddle and he was more than happy to garner a few receipts in that match because he was hammering in with the, the chest clubs just that was fascinating to watch um, so personally I think the wrestling on night 2 was better but the sports entertainment on night 1 was better barring See ya. And, and we'll happily talk to you about, talk with you about that now but Bianca Sasha was like really good after second rewatch See, I thought night one was by far the better night. Um, I think so. If you, if we just kind of just get into it, I suppose. Um, I've already gave my thoughts on Bobby and Drew, and obviously that that elimination chamber match. Elimination chamber. (laughs) (laughs) Random night. Here, can I just say, I texted you beforehand saying I'm looking forward to the tag team turmoil match because. I think that WWE main roster puts on some fantastic multi-woman matches. This was disastrous, but it was hilarious. Like it was so bad, it was great. I so think, I, I still I enjoyed think, it. I think you you probably must have forgotten that really there's only two good wrestlers that are involved in that match, <laughs> and one of them went out first, and the I, other one came in at the very end. I I in saying that, um, I do like Ruby Riot, um, but. Uh, uh, for me, like I said, I've kind of touched on the first three matches, but I want to touch on the almost AJ Styles match. Okay. It went the way you expected. I expected AJ to do majority of the work and almost to come in and just kind of kill them off and, and get the win. Almost looks so happy to be there. I'm not going to lie. Like he, you could see the smile on his faces and just how much fun he was having. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I tweeted it, and when he when in Xavier Woods kicked him, almost shrugged off and looked. I was like, "You a bitch!" And I was just like, "I love you, I I fucking love that guy." And I know Jeremy was tweeting, and I think some of the other guys were like, "Just put all the fucking titles on him now." But I, I'm I'm on board for that. I, um, I know. The thing, two uh, seconds. Sorry, on a serious note, almost done something during that match, and I was just like, "How straight away?" I was like, "Take note, just about every other fucking wrestler." So. Xavier Woods, um, uh, so he, he ran, he ran the ropes, um, ducks under almost, and um, Kofi gets a blind side blind tag, and then Xavier Woods bounces off almost, and almost is like looking at him on the ground. Meanwhile, um, Kofi's climbed the top turnbuckle, and almost is still staring at Xavier Woods, and you know where I'm going with this, right? And it was only as 
Kofi kind of crouches down and he's now starting to uh, begin the process of launching himself off. Not yet left the turnbuckle, but probably at the point where like, I'm too late now. I have to go through with it because I can't physically stop myself. So as he's just about to jump off, almost turns around and watches him and catches him. I'm like, take fucking note. This guy <laughs> is green as hell, but did not stand there like an idiot staring at Kofi. He looked at him at the last possible moment and was like, no, no, what are you doing? And like, I, as soon as he'd done that, I was like, do you know what? Like, I was impressed with that alone. I was like, that was uh-huh. that was excellent. That was really, really well done. I thought uh, his finisher is basically D'Lo Brown sky high. Yep. But he's got at least a foot and a half on D'Lo Brown, so it looked <laughs> like that much better. And I think almost, you could clearly see he was in a good mood that night. And I think as well, I want to give a big shout out to Dabakato slash uh, Babatunde. <laughs> um, I, I thought that I, th- I think Babakato, whatever you want to call him, was perfect casting. And I know I'm jumping the gun a bit, but perfect casting to be Apollo's Apollo Cruz's muscle. Uh, even just down to the fact that he was wearing the sort of army general blazer. As well, I thought that was a, a magical touch concerning the story that, considering the story that Apollo's been telling the last few weeks, that mm-hmm. he's part of Nigerian royalty, and Nigerian royalty, Nigerian royalty is quite militarily enthused. Just seen Dabakato come down with a general's jacket. Uh, clearly, he's going to be the the silent muscle for Apollo going forward, and he looked very very comfortable in that ring he only did a couple of things like it was a thumb to the neck and a slam or something but there was no there were no nerves on his face none at all and I think almost in Dabakato shout out that's a Wrestlemania main event in the making aye I know that is isn't it that's one of those Vince's wet dream I know but both both gentlemen had no nerves that night and if they did they had it very well so Big shout out to the pair of them. And the other thing about almost was um, the fact see that image at the end where AJ climbs up on top of him, sitting sitting on his shoulders, and uh-huh. they're celebrating winning the title. Like AJ in the title just looks so small compared to almost. It's crazy. But I like I said, I enjoyed that match. I really did. I, I, I've gathered that. <laughs> <laughs> I love almost. Um, I and. Moving on a bit, you've got to give a bit of credit to Bad Bunny. Oh, definitely. I think his attire is dreadful. Like, his general demeanour is dreadful. But you can tell, despite those two feelings, that he was thoroughly enthused. And I I think the whole Logan Paul thing was, like, didn't need that at all to tell that story. Listen, I want to touch on Logan Paul in a second once right. we get to that, right? We'll, we'll but I've got a point to make about him. Right, I, we will do because I've got a couple of things to say as well. But Bad Bunny, he had a a great night, and you, I, you, I thoroughly enjoy a Canadian destroyer. So to see a, a, a wee cheeky Canadian destroyer out in the apron, uh, and I explained to my daughter when we were watching, was like this guy, he's actually a rapper, um, he's really big. And the music world, he's not an actual wrestler, but he's been training since January. 
So I like to keep, I like to do some shoot explanations for my daughter when we're watching. And she was, she thought the whole, see the bunnies? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I was hoping for the most? Remember Adam Rose had a... To pop out? <laughs> no, remember Adam Rose had this ongoing rivalry with a bunny? Yep. Like, I was desperate for that person to be revealed. <laughs> like so much, I was like, oh yes, we're finally getting it. Like, I was choking for it. Did you see the bunny with one ear? It fell. No, I didn't. I saw <laughs> one I, of the ears fell off. I saw Mandy Rose uh, take a, a fall, mind yep. you. But so, like partially gutted that we didn't get a, a bunny reveal. But my daughter loved the Bad Bunny match, and she's not even heard the Bad Bunny before that. So it's one of those yeah. ones. We need, you and I have spoken a couple of times on this show about we are not the target audience. Oh, definitely not. And. It's the youngsters and Bad Bunny was a big deal. So, and the fact no. that he pulled out a few, he was the 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 wrestler in peril for a a mighty portion of the match. I think it worked out well. I think that the, experiment worked out very well. That was a, a big. That was a big surprise as well. Like how long he was in the ring for as well. Um, props to Miz and Morrison, like proper mm-hmm. pros, real good man. Like you know, they done what they had to do and they. They done it exceptionally well, um, but yeah, um, like I say, bad bunny. Like you go into those kind of matches, not expecting anything. You're just like, right, this could be a toilet break or whatever. But when you saw it and you were like, do you know what? Like in the story, Randy Orton came out and he was like, he's been training, he's been working. You could see, it. and I was like, well, it came through. You could see he was, he was, he put some work in. And what I liked was as he got into the ring, he, put, he like he, he wipes his shoes as he was before he goes into the ring. I'm sure that might have to do with the fact that there might be a moisture, moisture lying around, but it was, you know, for the old school people, it's like, I'll clean my shoes before I enter this sacred area. Always appreciate um, seeing that. I always do. So, no. Um, and moving on to the broad match, you, t- you said something, and, and it kind of hit home for me as well, Like, and, and it made me think of Braun. When you watch it, especially with your kids, you have a different perspective you realise that, mm-hmm. as we always say, that we are not the target audience all the time. Certain things are not made for us, and a lot of people at our age forget that. But when you watch it with the kids, and I watched um, Night One again on the Sunday with my seven-year-old, and as Braun was ripping the cage apart, he was just like, like, oh my God, Like, look how strong he is, he can do that. And then when Shane falls off, he was like, oh my God. And it made me realise I'm like, yeah, like bronze for the children. Yes. That kind of freaking HR, all that stuff he does. And then I'm like, and I, as you, as we both know, watching him wrestling with the young kids, you kind of you understand certain things from a different perspective. You're like, well, I don't like that, but I know why I don't like that. But you like it, but it's it's made for you and not me. Um, so. Like I said, those two moments in the Braun match were crazy, but the thing that really annoyed me was like Braun climb back into the ring after launching Shane off it and ripping it apart, and they're like, just climb out. That bloody, your finishing move, um, Ron Powerson, was just, there was just no need for that. Like, you didn't need to do that, just climb the hell out. I Maybe know. it was like, no, I'm in the face, I've got to pin him, blah, 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 blah. But it was just, like I said, um, Braun's time for me is gone. You know, we're, we're two, three years, enough. whatever, is gone from that time, but. Like I say, is for the youngsters, for the kids, and what not like you know, he's always going to kind of be like this 
oh wow, special attraction, like oh my god, he does this and that kind of thing. And it's not he's not he's not aimed at us. I know. I I I'd actually said this a couple of years ago that Braun's a very much a he's a wrestler for the kids. Uh, that I'm pretty sure I can't remember where it was, if it was a documentary or something or one of those access shows at WrestleMania, but he was doing the autograph signings and he was doing the um, showing his guns off to the kids. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's what he's there for. And with his anti-bullying message and the sort of anti, anti-COVID anti message as well, say thank you. When he said thank you, like I was personally touched by that. It's like, you're, you're very welcome, Bron. You're not everyone's cup of tea. Um, you may not be booked as well as you should be but you worked during a difficult time and you put in a shift and you you dealt with a brutal swamp match <laughs> so you're wel- you're welcome Bron and I, I remember saying to you personally that there's going to be a, an awful lot of this I'll be fast forwarding but it's over here in the UK so I need to wait till the Sunday morning to watch these WrestleManias. Oh, this Monday morning. My daughter got up. I was like, right, come on, we'll just sit and watch it all. She loved that stuff. She loved, she's very much goodies versus baddies. So mm-hmm. I appreciate what Bron did. And I, I, to be honest, I appreciate that I kind of had to watch it all because we saw, we saw Bron Strowman giving that sort of thank you message. And I saw... Bad Bunny put in a good shift in a good sports entertainment match. That that wasn't a wrestling match. That was a sports entertainment match. But the main event, what I noticed, it might have even been both nights. What was this second last match on night two? Was that Asuka and Rhea Ripley? Asuka and uh, Rhea Ripley. They didn't have the death spot in either night, which was no. nice to see. I, um, I, I don't like that. You know, I want to see fucking. <laughs> I want to see start. It escalate. Exactly, I want to just just keep building up and up and up and up. And I get, I get why you might want to put like 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 let's calm everyone back down, bring everyone back down a little bit before this main event. I get that, but I think maybe in another year they might have done it differently. But because mm-hmm. it was the first show back with fans, they were like, "F that, we're just uh-huh. going to." I go think, through it and we're going to build up pace and keep going and keep going um, that's something that, that and, and, your Wrestle Kingdoms do well, it's like build up over the night, don't, don't uh, have peaks and troughs no, just end it with banger after banger um, five star bangers and, 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 uh, and funny, funny enough, I don't think a single match went over 20 minutes on night one I think the longest match of the whole week was Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly right and the rest of them were the Roman triple threat match went twenty, oh. but none, none, none on night one went more than twenty. And the Roman triple threat match was the longest match of the main of Mania weekend, and that was like twenty two, twenty three minutes or something. Well, I've got a few things to say about that match, but before we go there, let's let's have a good, a right good chat about Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks because. Yep. First, oh, first of all, shout out to Michael Cole. Yes. First time ever two black women have main event on WrestleMania. Shout out to Ricky as well because Ricky did say this two months ago that this should be the WrestleMania main event. Mm-hmm. Um, it sends a message, sends a powerful message. I know we had the uh, 
Charlotte, Becky, Ronda Rousey triple threat match close a few a few years back. This sends a more powerful message. I, in my I opinion. agree. Not because that was the first ever women's WrestleMania main event. Excellent. Well overdue when he did it. But we just had two women, but two women of colour main event. And what we said about Kofi was in and there was racial connotations throughout that story around with Kofi. I keep saying with Byron Saxon constantly talking about um you know, we people like us need to work twice as hard to get as twice as hard to get as half as far or whatever whatever yeah. it says. Uh-huh. And then you tie in the fact that there's this white billionaire holding a black man down. Um you know, that image of those two staring at each other, like really struggling to keep themselves composed. Yep. Um was just phenomenal like that. Isn't even. I, I don't like at the end of the day. I don't know how influential wrestling is, but at the end of the day, there's going to be a couple of young black girls watching that, saying, "Well, they've done it. Why can't I?" You know, uh, kind of thing. So it sends out such a powerful message, and and a good thing about it, it was not that wasn't like a wee. I don't know if this is the right term, but that wasn't like a like a wee paper gesture it wasn't just a, like oh we just need to do it just to appease people it was warranted and fully deserved mm-hmm. um, especially after in, the fact yep I'd seen Sasha's emotion smiling and stuff and it was just excellent to see and everyone so happy for them um, this was a match I was most excited for of, of the entire week as I say um, but I was so nervous as well like I was just like oh my god I'm, please I'm begging you, please produce not even just a good match, like produce like an all-time classic, and it went like sixteen odd minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, some awesome moments in it as well, like where Bianca's fucking Sasha dives through the ropes and they roll around, but Bianca picks her up and um, gets in like the uh, military press and carries her up the, up the stairs and launches her back in the ring. The 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 hair. Spot as well, and, and what oh. mark it left on Sasha, and the noise it made as well. But you know, you know. I fit, sorry, I'm going on, but I'll let you speak in a second. The great part about this match, I thought, was there wasn't that chaotic final two or three minutes where it was big move after big move, high spot after high spot. It was. It wasn't. It was so calm, composed, and it and it, it it didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel out of nowhere. It was perfect. I thought that finish. It was. It was not. Yep. Suddenly, you know, 100 miles an hour, it was just, it was very well done. A um, couple of botches, not from them, but like when Michael Cole didn't get the call right at the end, I was like, oh, it doesn't bother me, I'm just I'm just saying. And the ring announcer had the botch as well, with announcing, I can't remember if it was Ruby Riot got eliminated, and it was just like, but that didn't take away from it. Um, quote unquote, five star match, all time classic. Mm. Um, for me, Match of the week. When you couple in the fact that who was who was wrestling, uh-huh. what they produced, and the moment they done it in, um, overall, like fantastic. So, the first time I watched it, and I've mentioned it a couple of times, I was watching it with my daughter. Uh, an impressionable age, two women main event in one day night WrestleMania. So that was more of that that watch of that. Match was more of a. Um, oh, what's the word? It was more of an occasion match. 
Um, you've got your two two black wrestlers main eventing a WrestleMania for the first time ever. Um, two women, just singles, because, okay, a lot of people aren't happy with triple threats, and I am, and I'll talk about that later. But we had WrestleMania 35, and that was, that was great. That was good fun. But this was a, a very special message that was sent. But I watched it again tonight in preparation of our wee chat tonight, purely from a sort of wrestling analyst point of view. And I, I know I'm sounding like an idiot now, but I, I wanted to watch it just with the sort of wrestling insight. Wrestling insight. And this still held up because it reminded me, and this is a, a personal favourite, Bianca Belair had it's one of those ones if it was um I imagine we'll hear about this in podcasts later down the line. Bianca Belair had Sasha Banks scouted big time and it reminded me very much of Edge versus Undertaker, WrestleMania twenty four. Because any time that Sasha Banks pulled out one of her greatest hits of her moves, Bianca had a counter. Just like Undertaker and Edge, they had count- Edge countered Undertaker all night long in t- WrestleMania 24. Um, the Meteora, I can't remember exactly right now what she did, but she, she reversed a Meteora. Uh, the suicide dive out of the ropes, she powered through it, John Cena style, when he was US champ. You, you mentioned the earlier, the military press. The, the Meteora against the, the barricade, she moved out of the way. Even when it comes to Sasha Banks pulling at Bianca's hair, there were at least three occasions, and I'm not I'm not even counting the, the hair whip spot, where Sasha tried to use Bianca's hair as a weapon, and it backfired on her because Bianca had a reversal ready for her. Uh, and there was a very special bit, and I thought it was really, really well done, where, and it was a callback, in my opinion, to... Brooklyn, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, number one, where Sasha Banks has got the, the bank statement in and then Bailey grabs the ropes and Sasha Banks like sort of kicks up off the ropes and goes, does they both do a backward mm-hmm. roll into the bank statement again. That happened on Saturday night and Bianca Bailey rolled forward again to make sure she reached the rope and it, it was a, oh, just an absolutely wonderful moment where it's as if it's as if Bianca Belair had watched Sasha Banks' greatest hits and had an answer for every single one of them because she rolled forward, she grabbed the ropes at that moment for the bank statement. Um, she rolled out the way for the Meteora out on the, the barricade. She had an answer for almost everything and it was re- very reminiscent of her personal favourite in Edge and Undertaker 24. It was reminiscent of NXT TakeOver Brooklyn Night 1. Oh, sorry, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 1. And the story for me personally was that Bianca had scouted Sasha Banks something awful and she had an answer for everything. And and Sasha had an answer for a few things as well. And I've seen... I, I don't take away from the folk who've said on Twitter recently Sasha Banks is the best wrestler in North America. Best women's wrestler in North America. But Bianca Belair. I think, sorry, I think what they're saying is Sasha's the best North American wrestler that's been. 
I, I, I appreciate those sentiments, but Bianca Belair had an answer for a lot of them, and that's not that's not just that's not just Bianca Belair helping Bianca Belair get sorry, that's not just Sa- Sasha Banks helping Bianca Belair get over. Bianca Belair was also complicit in that symbiotic relationship of a match, and I think it was a really, really good sequences, really good reversals. Bianca had an answer for almost everything, and it was a massive put over job from Sasha. So that's where she should get get massive praise. But in terms of the match itself, Bianca Belair was st- stunning. She was absolutely stunning, and. It was a very special match, both from occasion, milestone, history, but also the work rate. Very, very, very good match. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. <laughs> I know. Night two. Right, if you've got anything to say, you can. Um, I have nothing to say about the first two matches whatsoever. Um, it was Natalia putting the bloody sharpshooter on the person who she knew she was not the legal person, mind-boggling. Um, Randy Orton and The Fiend, just get rid of The Fiend, please. Just <laughs> just, just end it and bring back cult leader Bray Wyatt, please. Yep. Do that and I'll be very happy. I don't have anything to say. My issue, my issue with Randy Orton and The Fiend is Orton legit tried to kill The Fiend. He just, the last time we saw The Fiend, like, at bar the, before, before making his return, he was lit on fire and left for dead. So the response to that is to, we'll just have a normal wrestling match. If someone tries to murder you, you don't revert back and have a normal, a, a no a no, no stipulation wrestling match. Like, that mm. makes no sense. That bothered me. You know what else bothered me, actually? I, saw, I noticed a couple of times in WrestleMania how the champion comes out first. You've never liked that. I hate that. You are. The, I hate that. You are the Muslim JR. Like, because he, he hates it as well. <laughs> I just hate Muslim JR. <laughs> but I do, though. I do. It's I, just ridiculous. I know, I know, I know, I know. Right, I'll, I'll come back to you because I've actually got a couple of things to say about the first matches. But I, I need to press pause because uh, it's time for a pee, okay? Right, I will admit that the entrances for Randy Orton was quite funny because he was sort of taking the piss out of Mandy Rose and uh, I think he was playing into a lot he was doing a lot of the wiping of the feet thing beforehand and I don't really think that was about Mandy Rose I think that was, he's he's very happy to be back in front of a crowd I think that's what that was and I enjoyed the Fiend's entrance with the Jack in the Box. Personally, I've not been a fan of The Fiend for a long time, but I thought the Jack in the Box was a nice touch. And Alexa Bliss's stuff at the end with the... She's probably got some pipes running down her back or her neck with some black goo po- pumping out. Very good in terms of WrestleMania moments, but that's all I've got to say about it. I thought... I, I just don't care. Like So I'm happy to move on. The women's tag team match. You'll know personally what I mean by this. Here. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Okay, there was uh, Natalia's 
Shayna Baszler needs to have a think about that knee because it's getting a bit dangerous and just a lot of other things but I really enjoyed that match I think that had the intensity and the franticness that one would associate with the NXT women's tag team scene at the moment because they're all vying mm-hmm. for the, the titles very very desperate, very energetic and I really enjoyed that match and uh, I'd like to point I'd like to give a shout out to the women involved in that, I thought Shayna Baszler had a fantastic night but apart from those two Tell me, tell me, tell me about Logan Paul, Ricky. Tell me about him. In what way? You said you had a couple of points about Logan Paul. Um, right. So, yeah, guy's a bit of a, you know, whatever. No, just a dick, basically. But he is, um. He's got like a ridiculous amount of subscribers on YouTube, etc. So he's got a big following from that kind of YouTuber gaming mm-hmm. community or whatever. Um, so I get why he's involved in it to potentially bring in some more eyes. So I get that. But I, uh, the only point I wanted to make: see the stunner he took. That that bump and what he done, I was like, that's fucking awesome. Aye. Like you know that I thought that was really impressive. That part I was like, you took that so damn well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it. Like I didn't have anything else to say about him. Um, his involvement was very little in it, obviously. Um, just got involved in post-match stuff. Um, yeah. The match itself, you know, Sammy and KO. Kind when the did they not deliver? I, I really, I, I enjoyed. First of all, I re- okay. You know what WWE is in the business of, and that's making dollars. So getting someone like Logan Paul and someone who I have admittedly not heard of, but with Kids in the House, I know that there are a few YouTubers that are a big deal just now. So if you Logan Paul is quite the YouTuber, then fair enough. I just don't think he added anything to anything on Sunday night. Okay, he got the stunner at the end, which was fine. It's something for the, the TMZ websites in the morning, but... I could have done without Logan Paul involved in that. I don't think that was a story that needed it. I thought the the hype video, the vignette before the match, was one of the best hype vignettes I've seen in years and years and years. I thought it was fantastic. The whole thing about Sami Zayn, his descent into paranoia, delusion, and just off the wall chaoticness. Like, excellent, really good. And... I think the story that was told in that match was it was an an excuse for Sami Zayn to get in his work rate moves with all the exploder suplexes, the halluva kicks, because, let's be honest, wrestling-wise, Sami Zayn's been a shadow of him former self since his shoulders started giving him jip. But he was able to do all these super moves, the the uh, Blue Thunderbomb, Mushinuku Driver, you're a, I know you're a big fan of that move. Yes. The halluva kick... The half and half suplexes, like it was basically Sami Zayn's entire toolbox in one match, and he couldn't, he couldn't vanquish Kevin Owens, and that's the whole thing that's tying into his paranoia that no matter what he does, it doesn't matter. So I really enjoyed the combination of Sami Zayn's work rate, which is always a joy to see, no matter how rare it is, but it ties in with his character, 
and he's been on fire since he returned at night. Was it Night of Champions? I don't know if he returned at Night of Champions, but... Mm-hmm. Around about that time anyway. So I really, really enjoyed that match. We've spoken that I was fascinated with the Shamu and Matt Riddle match. Not because I'm a Matt Riddle fan anymore, but I just thought Shamu looked as if he didn't want to be there and he just wanted to get the match over with as quickly as possible. Uh, the broad kick, beautiful. Like, fantastic. And to see Matt Riddle bleed was good. <laughs> um, what were your thoughts on the, the Raw Women's title match? Forgetting the outcome, because that was one of those kind of foregone conclusion ones. Yep. I didn't have an issue with Rhea Ripley winning it because she had to win it, really, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, just to quickly touch on Sheamus and Riddle, I thought it was a, I thought it was a really, really good match as well. Yes. Um, I would have thought that and the Kevin Owens match in the middle of the card were really, really impressive. Um, thoroughly enjoyed Sheamus beating the shit out of Riddle. Why? The Raw Women's title match felt it was okay, but that was it. Mm. I just, I don't know, it almost felt like it never really got going. Ah, it was stuck in second gear. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's not to say it was a horrible match or anything. It was just a, it was a fine match. That was it. It's like, you know, um, won't go back and watch it. Wouldn't recommend it to anyone watching it. But not because it was a bad match, just because it was a nothing really match, in my opinion. Yep. I, I think the right person won because Rhea Ripley, I've spoken before that she turns up for the big matches. Through NXT last year, she was involved in Gonzalez, Mercedes, Martinez, Io Shirai. She was in the big, big matches, and although she was the she was she picked up the L in those matches, she delivered. Mm-hmm. And as far as main roster goes, all that she's got is that she won the NXT title, and Charlotte actually seeked sought her out. And she did very, very, very well in the Women's Royal Rumble this year. So, and she had an excellent sort of Survivor Series campaign in 2019. So as far as the main roster goes, Rhea Ripley's quite impressive. So I don't think it makes, I don't think it's too much of a stretch for her to beat Asuka for the championship. Uh, Asuka's title reign has kind of diminished in interest and impetus since maybe summertime, which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. Cause, uh, shout out, big shout out to Asuka during that COVID era because she was fantastic, but she held the title for a long time, so I'm more than happy for Rhea Ripley to come forward. And obviously, Charlotte Flair um, spitting nothing but facts during her promo on Raw last night. Uh, you've got Rhea Ripley and Charlotte going forward. I think with, is it called is it WrestleMania? Of backlash or something like that. Or something I've changed this or is it WrestleMania backlash or uh, something? It kind of makes sense, but it didn't have to be named as such. But anyway, you get Rhea Ripley going forward. I can't imagine Rhea Ripley losing that title so soon after WrestleMania. She's a big powerhouse. So. I think. Sorry, I think they'll go with the triple threat. Obviously, in the next mm. interview with the three mm. of them. Good um, shout. Rhea pins Asuka and then you, the road will be to Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte. Mm-hmm. It's a good shout. Um, 
No, is, I've got an idea for a podcast episode in the future, and I'll tell you once we get f- f- done with this uh, next match. Well, Just popped into my head now you mentioned Charlotte. Right. Well, is the next match the main event that we're going to have a wee chat about? Yep. On you go. Go for it. Hey, I thought it was really good. Edge, you know, when he comes out, like, clearly, in my opinion, was like, you know, people gave him the biggest cheer. Um, overall, on the match, I thought the match was really, really good. Um, some really hard-hitting moments. Like, triple threat matches can always go one way or another, you know? I mean, I know some people had an issue with Daniel Bryan inclusion in it, but I didn't. <laughs> um, yeah. I absolutely loved it when Daniel Bryan and Edge have got Roman and, like, the crossfire yes lock type thing, and they're just sitting there headbutting each other. <laughs> um, I enjoyed that little moment. Oh, um, right. I'll talk about that shortly. The concerto shot from Edge as well, like, you know, some of these guys are coming back from like life, like career-ending neck injuries and head injuries and stuff, and here we are just launching uh, concertos around. Um, I thought the finish at the time, I was like, "Whoa, wait, hold this! What does it do?" Like, for a, I was almost like, "Wait, have you just done a dodgy-looking finish here?" But the re- reality was, Daniel Bryan's shoulders were down, as were Edge's. And I just thought it was awesome, just in the sense where Roman says at SmackDown last week, he was like, I'm going to stack them up. I know. And then one, oh. two, three. And I'm like, that is as definitive as it can, can get. But yeah, obviously, we always expect you so now to be involved in it. Um, mm-hmm. But that was a definitive, definitive end and close to night two. Um, I thought this match lived all and up to the hype. <laughs> Really, really enjoyed the match. Um, it's now just a case, really. Who the hell is going to be the one that beats Roman? Uh, I've got a few ideas what you can do with Roman, Roman moving forward. Um, but it's like, who's going to be the one now? Well, and how long does Roman hold on to this? You, you've but, got you've got the folk that have had a good first quarter to the year, like your Cesaro's, your Nakamura's. Cesaro's next. I think Cesaro's. I wouldn't be surprised if they go with Edge and Roman for a singles match. That wouldn't entirely shock me next. I expect Cesaro to be involved in it over the summer at some point. And then with the draft or the superstar shake-up, whatever you want to call it, we could potentially get Drew coming over. I think that makes all the sense Ooh. in the world to move Drew to SmackDown now. Really? Okay. Because I don't think there's many, there's much left right. there for Drew now. That's a good point. Once he loses this rematch to Bobby Lashley, which I expect him to. You could build Roman and Drew for some or some if you wanted. Or if you don't do that, then you know Drew could maybe win the Royal Rumble next year if Roman's going to hold it on to it next, till next year. I don't know. Um, but in terms of this match, Daniel Bryan's out of the scene now. Um, but like I said, I, I thought it was a really, really good match. Um, everything about it. Jay also does what he does at the start and then quickly he's out the match straight away. So I was like, I liked that they got the majority of the shenanigans out of the way early mm-hmm. um, and got Jey Uso out of there. Um, but overall, I thought it was a really, really mm. terrific match and it was a real good way to end the show. Right. I think, personally, it f- 
far exceeded expectations. And I know that listening to podcasts over the years, that wrestlers themselves aren't massive fans of triple threat matches. Mm-hmm. But I think there's been a lot of classics over the years. You've had um, Rock, Triple H and Mankind, Rock, Triple H and... No, sorry, Austin, Triple H and Mankind, Rock, Triple H and Kurt Angle, Triple H, Benoit and Shawn Michaels. Um, fast forward in a wee bit, you've had Cena. Uh, Cena, Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar. You've had the Shield triple threat. You've had Daniel Bryan, Daniel, uh, Dave Bautista and Randy Orton. I think, personally, that this one that we've seen here should be included in the, the classic triple threat matches that we've seen over the years. And it ticked many a box for me, personally. You had the, the hashtag Organised Chaos that you and I are big fans of on the, the old Ricky and Clive show. Yep. Love love some organised chaos and this was very much that because although sometimes what happens in triple threat matches is that someone just takes takes a powder and has a wee back seat. You had Jey Uso in there keeping things interesting out in the the barrier area. So the organised chaos was there. Um maybe not so much Daniel Bryan, but the acting chops on Edge and Roman Reigns where like Edge's descent into insanity or just derangement where like, like there was a point where he was almost googly eyed with just uh, all, I, all I need is just to beat these folk just now, I need that title he was so hell bent on winning the title that he literally looked googly eyed at some point and uh, there was a bit as well where Roman was near the commentary table and the fans were shouting Roman sucks and he Roman sucks, Roman sucks and he looked absolutely furious with him. And obviously, like, over the years, he's been dealing with that for a long time. But the incredulity in his face is like, how dare you? How dare you say that to me? Especially with his whole head of the table gimmick that he's got going on, the Tribal Chief stuff. And then he powerbombed Daniel Bryan through the table, the commentary table, and he's just like that to the crowd. Don't you dare say stuff like that to me. Mm. Um, it was different booze than ones he's been used to getting. Aye, uh, it was actually nice to see the fans behave during a Roman Reigns match, if that makes sense. Mm. And just the look of just disgust on Roman's face was like when he heard the Roman sucks chant when he's been going on this tribal chief run for a long time. It really hit home the the bit with the the chair that kind of broke apart and specifically as well you'd mentioned it when Daniel Bryan and Edge started headbutting each other what was specific about that was Edge was headbutting Daniel Bryan he started it with and bear in mind Daniel Bryan had to take time off because of his his concussions and Daniel Bryan after the back and forth he went for Edge's neck and Edge had to take time off, well not time off, he had to medically retire because of his neck, so he was hammering into the Edge's neck. It's like... Zero fucks given. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, it was an organised chaos mixed perfectly with the storytelling of all these guys, their backstories, 
Um, and then the audacity for the concertos to be getting splashed out. A, a concerto, to obviously, like, let's be honest, that Edge was probably very careful with how he did the concerto. Like, he, sp- he splayed the chair out differently to how he splayed the chair out to Roman Reigns. So, like, it was all orchestrated very safely. But for Edge to concerto Daniel Bryan on the head and then for Rowan to do it and then the sheer brass neck of Rowan Reigns after, as you said Rowan Reigns to say I will beat you and I will stack you and he stacked him up Nintendo Switches in hand (laughs) to Brie Bella and Beth Phoenix and just stack those guys up it was a masterclass for many reasons but primarily, I think, for the acting involved. Daniel Bryan's obviously not... He's not, he's not been involved in Hollywood. And he's not known for his sort of acting skills. But just for his wrestling acumen, the, temerity, the, the, the tenacity of Daniel Bryan in a match is always... When he goes that bit further, and he's got a bit of bite to his wrestling, which he definitely had at WrestleMania this week. Roman Reigns... It was, it was, just, it was like a... To cut you off when when Edge got the concerto done to him, it was a what's the word I'm looking for? Like a almost poetic mm-hmm. justice in a sense that he's right. done this for years and he was trying to do it to Roman and and it happens. What happens is that that's the move that I basically puts him down and just. There was a there was a lot of commentary online over the last few weeks. Like, oh, this Daniel Bryan's a heel for inserting himself into this. Edge isn't a heel. We all watch outside of wrestling. We watch TV shows where there are anti heroes aplenty. Where they've all got a very grey moral compass, and basically that was that was that was three heels in the ring. And the acting chops involved on all of them. Like Edge looking deranged, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns looking incredulous, Daniel Bryan looking tenacious. It's like that was that should be something that should they should be showing in the performance center to the ones coming in. So like, this is how you act, this is how you wrestle. And it was the Organised chaos, but also the urgency. It was a really fast-paced match. Yes, we had Walter Tramper. Yes, we had Bianca and Sasha. But this, for me, was... This was match of the week for me. Just in what a perfect way to cap it off. Just fantastic. Yeah, I say it was an unbelievable match. Um, great Paul Heyman Jay also played their part as well no they did they always do whether we like that Jay also involvement or not but um, I, th- I felt you rounded up quite well thank um, you I try my best <laughs> enjoyed that I enjoyed everything about that match um, I say it's a two two good shows um, good way to end it um it's now just going to be interesting to see who ends Roman's reign now. Well, uh, shout out to Sir Sam. 
He's he's chanting he's chanting WrestleMania thirty nine before he's dethroned. <laughs> I saw that. That's a bold statement. Uh, as but you know, that's a lot of title defenses and running a through a team. lot of people. A lot of pay per views there. It isn't like you know, like Okada, who had the title for so long, but he only had about seven or eight defences because they were so spread and, and spaced out, where you don't get kind of like, oh, God, he's beat another person, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, that would be the only issue. I can, I can definitely see. I think he holds it to at least SummerSlam, and then I think if he goes past SummerSlam, I just don't see him losing until WrestleMania. I can yep. definitely see WrestleMania next year. And I think there are legs. I just hope it's not against the Rock, though. Do you know what? And you know my feelings on the whole part-timers slash legends. Like, if it turned out that this wasn't for the title, I'd be all for the Roman and the Rock. And as long as he lays waste to the Rock. Oh, aye. He has to destroy him. Like, give me a a fucking five-minute squash where Roman just kills him. (laughs) And... I, I appreciate Roman because I think that he benefited the most out of absolutely everyone in this enclosed studio environment. Definitely, definitely. Um, but he excelled big time in in front of a crowd because, as I was saying earlier, the the, the aghast look on his face that he was being booed. And he was personally probably thought about that for a long time, but now he's able to show it. It's like, how, how dare you boo me? Mm. I, I put, I put food on all these wrestlers' tables, and it's just like I could, I could go on and on, and like Sir Sam, and I think you got in a, a wee back and forth with him. Sir Sam has recently um, chucked the column writing for a while, and all he wanted to do over this last weekend was talk about Bianca and Sasha. I could write about five thousand words about this triple threat that happened. Well, that just says to Sam, just write it and post it on Twitter. Aye. Do a bold thread. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm sad about? <laughs> oh, that's not what I was meaning. I was meaning, like, just type it up and just attach it on Twitter. All right. <laughs> than, like, a, a I'm, I'm sad because... 500 tweet thread. What, what I thought was very a very funny thread about NXT TakeOver Night 1. Nobody liked it. Like, not even one like. I even uh, put at the end, Sidgwick loved it. What a great, what a great night of wrestling! Cedric loved it, and I added him. Nobody liked it. <laughs> oh no! Somebody go like it, please. I, uh, I tweeted Brian Alvarez, Brian Alvarez last night. Saying what? I just said Brian. That was it. <laughs> you spelled your name wrong. Ah, uh, I know. It's like, it's actually Brian with an I, actually. But I just and you Brian. put the full stop as well. I know, Brian, full stop. You can check it out. But uh, I think yeah. what last question before we finish, and I'm going to take WrestleMania 36 out of the equation because that was behind closed doors. It was very early. It was in the infancy of the whole COVID stuff. So I'm not going to use that as a comparison. What are your thoughts on WrestleMania being two nights going forward? I like it. So do I. I think, like, don't get me wrong, like, I watch it, I will watch it, but it's like, 
five six hours, you know, I'll, you know, um, but it's difficult. It is, um, especially if you're working. Exactly, and, and for the most part, we normally are the following day. And mm-hmm. to you know, and I remember, uh, you would if you watch WrestleMania, like it wasn't going to finish until like it wasn't finishing until like five o'clock and stuff. Yeah, and you're just like right, you know, I need to wake up for another hour for work. Um, and don't get me wrong, like Saturday night ended later than anticipated, but it was a Saturday night, so it's fine, you know, going into Sunday. The, the Obviously, you've well. got kids and stuff, but still, you're not having to wake up an hour later. Um, and and that wasn't, I couldn't control it, but yeah, I'm all for two nights. I like the two night format. Yep. Um, Especially if a lot of the, I mean, can, I, I imagine if it was one night, Apollo wouldn't have had his chance to shine. He would have probably been on the pre-show or something. Yep. And I think two nights cuts out some of the BS you might see in a, like a six-hour WrestleMania. Uh-huh. You know, there's, there doesn't seem to be much nonsense happening. I know that one or two matches weren't great, but none of them overstayed their welcome. You're no, talking 20 minutes max. So it was a good turnover, good turnaround. Uh a lot of Raw and a lot of SmackDown was represented. A lot of the women's division was represented. A lot of the mid card was represented. I personally like. Um, I I've not actually checked it out, but I'm going to look up WWE's YouTube for the whole Bruggenhagen uh, Old Spice twenty four seven stuff. I know that's not mm-hmm. for everyone, but I do enjoy Tazawa and Drew Gulak. There's some two hundred five live mainstays. And Bruggenhagen's a good laugh, so I'm going to check that out. So even even them as adverts for going over to the YouTube stuff, I liked the the fact that there was two nights. It makes it an occasion. Like personally, the six six hour shows don't suit me because I am either working or because it's usually the Easter week. I'm travelling to see family, so. Those usually don't suit me, but this this two night this two night affair, I think it's great because a lot of a lot of people are represented. You get a lot of matches, and they are what twenty minutes maximum. And for the takeovers to be added into that, I, like I've I've seen a lot of great wrestling this last week, Ricky. A lot of great wrestling. No, I I agree. I like the format. Format's good, and I should keep it. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy with the two night takeover as well. Ah, uh, same. I could probably see them moving forward just doing a one night takeover. Maybe. Maybe make it three hours or something. Yep, what we normally do. Um, with, I think all the TV specials they've had and some of the takeovers have been, they have been good, but in a time where I think NXT has personally has missed that full sale, that smarky crowd, I think that was the best takeover in a long time. Maybe since, pro, aye, pro, since Portland. It's a big bold claim. It's a bold claim. But, uh, Obviously, you know, because takeovers normally have five matches, three others. Mm-hmm. You know, so we had what, was it like ten matches in total? Aye. Yeah. Night one had some great stuff, and night two had a couple of very standout matches as well. 
Yep. So it's been a, a solid a solid week of wrestling, a solid um, justification of the £10 we pay for the network. Also, uh, I've probably finished up now, but Jericho on Steve Austin's... Yeah, to watch it. Very good, actually. Jericho with the biggest face turn of all time after this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, I'll watch it. I've heard, I've heard a few things about it, but I'm right. going to, I'll definitely going to watch right. it. That is good. See how it is. Right. Um, so the idea I was going to say before we go. Yes. This thing about Sasha being the best wrestler, North American wrestler, female wrestler. I saw a lot of people saying, like, compare the four horsewomen, rank them, etc. So I was thinking, for an episode after a return, we pick the five best matches from each horsewoman. NXT, Raw, SmackDown, whatever you want. Five matches for each of them. And we go through them. Mm-hmm. Just just generally, we don't take any like, proper detail. And based on some of that stuff, we rank them of ourselves. Oh, that's a topic. Now, does this include matches against each other? Well, yeah, I mean, like, so, for instance, um, uh, Sasha and Bailey, or uh, last woman's uh, last woman standing between yep, uh, between uh, Charlotte and Becky. Like, if that's going to be in Charlotte's list, then you know, and it's also in Becky's list, you know, so be it. That's fine. Um, and I think I I already have an idea how I'd rank them. Um, to me, and just quite briefly, but I would talk about it. But Becky's the real. Anomaly, like I don't know how to rank her because this is just me off the top of my head. I can maybe think of, I would say like two or three match, three matches probably that come right to my head and be like, no, they were straight up bangers and they stand up against any of the other possible matches. I think, yeah. I, I think Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte. I could probably name like a good eight or nine matches where I'm like, they were really good. But then it's Becky's whole fucking like eighteen month, two year run that she had. We are just like, do you know what? Like you reached a height that a lot of people don't. Honestly, like I would put Bailey last out of the four of them. Now I know she had a great. 18 months there um, but in terms of match quality uh, collection the other three have got better matches to their name than Bailey. Bailey's character work was better than a lot of them Bailey's character work was sensational but if we're talking about matches then you ha- like Charlotte and Sasha are way above the pair of the other two, like Miles. That's, I would probably put Bailey last, but you know, let's Bailey had bangers in NXT. She had a couple of bangers like in NXT, and I also think that I know NXT then was at a smaller scale, but how much of an impact she was having in NXT as well. Like, I, I just think it'll make for a good discussion, but I, I think we probably will agree that Bailey will be last on it. Uh-huh. I just, I genuinely don't know how to rank the other three. I really don't. Because well, I know people are going to be talking about Sasha's had like two good runs. 
That's true, but she had so many good matches in those runs. I know. Like, and I've been vocal in my sort of criticism of Sasha. But even even with singles matches included in that, like Charlotte and Sasha are way above the other two. But I think that's where Becky's impact comes into it, though. I know. That... That's, 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 that's the thing. And I think... Um, the thing with Sasha is that, like, she has had a lot of really good matches, a lot, and I think she's had good matches with, like, she had a really good match with Carmella, and I think yeah. if we have them all at their absolute best, mm-hmm. you know, that's an argument. I think, like, you know, I think, I think, I think what I've saw from Sasha recently. Mm-hmm. There's an argument to be made that none of them hit those heights I think, for quality of work and everything. I think we're, we'll, we'll, we will, we'll, we'll stop the discussion because this is a very good conversation. But I think Sasha has had better matches with and out with the four horsewomen than the rest of them. That's So we'll talk about it off here, but that could be kind of deciding factors. Who've, you know, like maybe we find a common opponent. Mm-hmm. You know, Asuka's had bangers but, with them all. But Bailey's had better levels. matches with the, lo- the, the lower tiered women. Exactly. So it'll be interesting. Very wise. Very good stuff. But until then, uh, do you want to do the plugs since it's your last week? Nope, not at all. Oh, this has been the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, where you can find other shows such as One Nation Radio have made a return, uh, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, Great Match Generator, 8 Bit Suplex Podcast, Grave Consequences and All Things Elite. Uh, give us a five-star review on the podcast app of your choice. You can also find us at socialsuplex.com where you can get the podcasts and the columns sent directly to your email inbox if you press the subscribe button. Head over to the show notes and you will see links to uh, pages that you're able to donate to us and pages where you can buy some Social Suplex merch at prowrestlingtees.net. We are at, well, basically Josh Josh Smith is at uh, the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group his uh, work during the NXT TakeOver Night 1 was superlative <laughs> and we are at Rick and Clive on Twitter now that the, I am able to avoid spoilers and whatnot, should be a bit more vocal on Twitter we are at Rick and Clive Ricky yep. uh, thank you this has been a, I think this has been a very good conversation tonight no it's been good and I'm, I'm gone now for a month Yep, a month. But no matter what happens next week, it's gonna be a quiz week. I'll get some I'll get some people on or a person on and we'll get some quiz quiz work on the go. Wrestling, cricket, Manchester United <laughs> Pokemon. Oh. No, a month away. I'll probably not even go on Twitter either during this month. You'll probably uh, come in at some point and say something random. Uh, maybe. 
But enjoy, enjoy Ramadan. Hope it's not too taxing for you. I shall do my best. Good. But thanks for listening, folks, and we'll speak to you soon. Uh, yes, we will. Speak to you next week. Good night. Bye, guys.